Hey everyone, welcome back to the Retro Break podcast. This is episode 38, and I literally just changed the topic for this episode right at the last minute because I've just come off another podcast with my friend Chris Hill over at Games You Loved. Definitely check out that episode. I'll put a link to it in the description to this on YouTube and on Spotify, so click in the description and check that out. We just had a fantastic talk all about my history with game collecting and YouTube, and basically talking about the state of gaming today and everything else in between really it really went in all directions for the past hour or so originally i was going to do this episode about whether originality matters these days or not because of the discourse of things recently with pal world and a lot of games like that but i thought instead i would do a kind of more gaming collecting focused episode instead and i'll save the originality idea for another time so Something that we brought up together in the Games You Loved podcast just now was how it was game collecting different back then to how it is today and what sort of tips can you give people. So I thought today we could have a little bit of a discussion around the state of game collecting as it is in 2024, where you can find some good deals for games, uh, some pitfalls that you can try and avoid, things like that. So Let's start with a bit of history, my personal history with game collecting, and then we can take it from there. So um, a lot of this will be kind of retreading what I already talked about, but I'll kind of go into a little bit more detail here. So my history with game collecting is an interesting one. I was kind of bringing it up earlier that even though I was buying things like SNES games and N64 games way into the GameCube's life, for example. I was never really thinking of them as retro games at the time. I was just thinking of them as more games for me to be able to play. And this was in the early 2000s, so retro gaming hadn't really had the boom that it's had since, like, 2010, maybe? Things were a lot easier to collect back then, anyway. Um, There was things like GameStation in the UK, which was an amazing game shop, which did buy one, get one free on retro games. And I was telling Chris just now how I would, like, come home from school and I would have, like, a stack of 10 Mega Drive games that I'd just bought from GameStation at the shopping centre on the way home, and I'd paid, like, 10 quid. They were, like, a pound each or something, and there were some really good games in that set. And that was kind of how I started on YouTube as well, was from buying loads of retro games, really, really dirt cheap, like 20 quid could get you like 15 Dreamcast games or something. And I would just go on YouTube and I would show off whatever I'd picked up that day, finding some really cool games in the mix of stuff as well. And it was just such a good time to be collecting. So there was GameStation, there was GameZone, which is another similar shop that kind of dealt with pre-orders and trade it trade it which was another shop that kind of dealt with pre-owned uh, retro games and trade-ins and things like that and i got to know all of the staff in all these different shops as well and i would go in there and they would and they would basically greet me and tell me all the cool games that had come in recently and they would keep them behind the counter for me and stuff and it's such a nice nostalgic memory to look back on but then of course game station went away game zone went away or they stopped yeah, GameZone went away completely. GameStation stopped selling retro games. And I remember actually finding out in the news that they were going to stop doing retro games. And I actually wrote an email to GameStation headquarters telling them that they were making a huge mistake. Because there was actually a rumour going around at the time that they were actually going to take all of their retro games and send them to a landfill so that the value didn't decrease when they sold them all on to somewhere else. 
which is just insane and i really hope they didn't do that because that would just be horrible but i was so upset about the idea of losing my two favorite places to buy retro games and yeah i did actually feel down for a while but then luckily i moved to uni and there was a few independent game shops unfortunately they've all closed down as well now so yeah it's a really difficult time to get into retro game collecting today there are some really good independent shops out there though, but like I mentioned on the podcast with Games You Loved, there is a big problem in the past 10 or so years, and that is the fact that people know what things are worth now, whereas they didn't before, and the value of things and what they're actually worth now kind of comes down to the issue of collectors hoarding certain titles, waiting for the value to go up. I've actually seen some shops have several copies of very rare and expensive games and they're just refusing to sell them because they're waiting for the value of the games to go up and to keep increasing in value, which is a really bad practice, but I get it from a business point of view. And then there's all these, uh, something that Oddpod said on the stream, bogus articles, I think it was him anyway, which is basically tricking people into thinking they've got thousands of pounds worth of games just sat in the loft when really they're not worth anything and it's only like a very rare percentage of first print versions of like Mario 64 and stuff that are actually worth money but the majority aren't and that confuses people and then they try and you know then they try and price games far too high for what they're actually worth. So there's all those sort of issues, but there are some solutions. But in other ways, and this is something that I didn't bring up, I actually feel like collecting today is actually better and more fun than it ever has been. If you've got the money, at least. Because everything is more expensive and there's nothing you can do about that. But I feel like, in the UK at least, game collecting has exploded into its completely own separate section of the gaming community. And... There's some amazing independent retro gaming shops which are doing really well because of collectors like me who love to go and visit and uh, people who want to trade in and actually trade it into somewhere that cares about the games and can price them appropriately rather than just taking them to CEX, which is basically the only high street store that still deals with retro games. So at least there's somewhere left, but it really isn't the best place. But there's definitely a lot of avenues that have opened up since the downfall of GameStation and GameZone, which actually make me feel like we're not really in as bad of a place as some people like to think we are. So even just locally, I've got so many great game shops around here. In fact, yesterday, and this was another reason that I changed the, changed the topic for this episode, I went to an amazing game shop in Wolverhampton and I didn't even know it existed until last week. Let me just find out what the name is so that if anyone's ever in the area, then you can go and check it out. The shop was called Old School Gaming. So give that a look on Google Maps. And it was around the Merry Hill Shopping Centre in Dudley. So highly recommend it. It was an incredible shop. The guy who ran the shop was exactly the kind of person that you would like to be at the shop. He really knew his stuff. He knew how much things were worth. And he really cared about the condition of the games as well. And I actually got some really good discounts because I spent quite a bit of money there. And he was really kind and knocked me off a big bunch of money. So definitely there are some amazing places. There's that shop. There's Vintage Gamer. There's Entertainment World. There's... Game Smart, and they're all just local ones as well. And if you have a look on Google Maps or if you check out some of my previous shop tour videos, you can find them all across the country and they're all doing really well. In fact, some of them are even expanding. Like Game Shack, I know, has uh, expanded a bit since I last went there. 
there's new ones popping up. Obviously, they come and go, but I really think we're in a good place. And the other reason that I think we're in a really good place for game collecting is the explosion of gaming markets recently. Obviously, the one in London's been going forever, but now it seems like there's one in every city in the country, and it's just amazing to see. I'm honestly so happy, and it really also means that fellow collectors or people that originally might have just been trading in at game station and stuff, they can actually have tables at these markets and sell the games themselves, get the satisfaction of seeing someone like me, a true collector, actually buying the games off them, knowing that their collections are going to go to a good home, and they're going to get good money for them as well. So it's amazing that replay events have put on these events all across the country. And in my eyes, this is even better than having GameStation or GameZone, because whenever I'm going to one of these gaming markets, it really does feel like a proper experience, and it's a whole day out. These shops have way more stock than GameStation would have ever had. Even the massive GameStation in Birmingham with their retro basement isn't a patch on something like Vintage Gamer, which is just like an entire bottom floor of a house that's just stacked wall to ceiling with retro games. It really is so exciting, and you can make a whole day of it, you can travel around the country. I love taking my camera there and doing videos from all these different shops as well, and I'm definitely going to be doing more of them this year as well. So I actually think retro gaming and gaming collecting is in a great place at the minute. But there is a downside, and that is that it is very expensive. But there are some ways to get around that. First of all, if you don't care about collecting as much as I do, there's always things like Facebook Marketplace, and sometimes you can get really lucky you might be able to find someone who doesn't really know what they've got. There's also the occasional deal in charity shops and things like that, although most of the opportunities there have kind of disappeared in recent years as well, because they've also started clocking on that retro games are worth something, and they're actually putting a lot of their stuff straight up on eBay now instead, which is kind of disheartening, and it's kind of disappointing that you can't really look around those kind of places. Boot sales as well have also kind of died a death. The last few that I went to, I never found anything remotely interesting retro gaming related. Maybe some shovelware PS1 or PS2 games, but that's about it. So it's kind of a shame because I used to love going around boot sales and finding retro games there. And I've got some great stories that I'll save for a future podcast about some of the amazing finds that I've found at boot sales. Um, so that's kind of dead, but what's replaced it is these incredible independent shops and the gaming markets as well. And it really feels like whenever you go into one of these markets or one of these shops, it's a proper community event. I've made so many friends, like I've made friends with all the owners of all the local game shops. I've made so many friends with the people who are selling at the stalls at the retro markets, especially the ones in London and Birmingham. It's always a joy to go and visit them. And because I've made friends with them all, they're all really kind and give me discounts and deals and stuff as well, which, you know, it wouldn't stop me buying the games anyway, but it is nice to be recognised in the community like that. And it's it's a really it's in a really good place. And eBay is always really good if you're looking for something in particular. And something else that Chris brought up on our podcast just now was what are your what's your advice basically for people who don't maybe have the money to buy complete in box stuff like I do, or they're not really interested in the hardcore side of collecting. So I would say, if you're just trying to get into it, a good place to start would be to think about what you enjoyed as a child, or what games you have fond memories of, and then maybe just go cart only, or even disc only. Chris had an interesting story where he bought a massive set of PS2 games that were just discs in a folder, and you know, you've still got the game, you've got the option to buy a box and manual if you want. There's no need to go all out if you don't want to. Also, 
if you just want to play the games and you don't really care about the collection, you can usually get really good discounts if the box is damaged, like if the cardboard's damaged or something. I got a really good discount at the game shop I was at yesterday on a uh, on a NES game, Protector, because the box had been stored separately to the cartridge, so the cartridge was in great condition, but the box itself was all bubbled and warped. So we actually did that just for the price of the cartridge. So if you don't mind too much about the condition of things, you can get some really good deals too. And of course, Facebook Marketplace is a great place too. But somewhere else, and something I've got a really cool story from, is just telling people at work that you're interested in retro games and see whether they have in anything interesting that they'd be willing to sell or even just to give to you. So a few years ago, I put out on a, a bulletin board at work that I was interested in retro games and someone came to me and they said, I've got a Commodore 64 in the loft, it's complete in box, it's got loads of games, it's got all the instruction manuals and stuff with it, how about 20 quid? I was like, yeah, of course I'll take that for 20 quid. And the same thing happens just after that with the BBC Acorn computer as well. So there's definitely deals out there if you want to look for them. And if you don't care so much about the price, then there's amazing opportunities for you to find stuff at things like gaming markets. And there's so many really cool independent game shops all across the country that all deserve all the support they can get. Because everyone that I've met so far that runs one of these shops is in it for the passion of collecting and just really enjoys just chatting with fellow retro gaming enthusiasts and it is such a great atmosphere that you don't get anywhere else and for me that beats any game station or any game zone any day of the week so support your local game shops basically so that was the main topic for this podcast i hope you enjoyed that um and now let's move on to the second part which is some of the other things that i've been planning to discuss so let's move on to games that i've been playing recently so if you saw on my channel recently, the last thing that I uploaded on there, at the time of recording this at least, was my ROM hacks video. So I've been really enjoying playing some of the ROM hacks, <clears throat> especially the Pokemon one that I showed off at the end of the video, which was a restoration of the Space World 1997 beta version of the game, which was so cool to see. So I've been really enjoying that, and I've actually downloaded a bunch more Pokemon ROM hacks to show off in next week's video as well, so look forward to that one. I've also been playing Pal World. I know, kind of controversial, and it was going to be the topic of this episode, but I've decided to change it to something more fun, hopefully. But I have been actually really enjoying Pal World. In fact, after I've finished recording this podcast, I'm going to go and jump on there with some friends and play it for the rest of uh, this evening. So that's really fun. I've also been playing Final Fantasy Legend 2 on the Game Boy, and I actually managed to make it past a really hard boss that a lot of people on game FAQs actually give up at, so I was really happy about that, and now I can actually start progressing again. And the final game that I've been playing recently is a game that came out on the Switch recently called Another Code Recollected, or Recollected, I guess, which is a sequel kind of remake of one of my favourite DS games. And I love the story, and I think they've done a really good job of bringing it all into 3D and bringing it into modern consoles. It does feel kind of cheap, though, the way the camera moves and the uh, animations aren't the best. So in some ways, I'm a little bit disappointed, but I'm going to stick with it just because I love the story so much. Now, the next part of the podcast is projects. So here's some of the projects that I've been working on over the past two weeks since the last episode. So 
surprisingly, after I opened up my uh, channel to sponsors again and my P.O. box, I've actually had a bunch of stuff sent through already, which is really exciting. So actually coming up on Wednesday, I think, will be a review of some Switch Joy-Cons that a company sent over to me. They're actually Hall Effect Joy-Cons and it's got a really nice D-pad. So I did a little bit of a promotion for that, so that will be up on Wednesday. And um, I've also got a new retro handheld for a company. Uh, Mech DIY sent me another one of them over, which is really cool. And that's preloaded with a bunch of games as well. So I'm going to be taking a look at that. And that will be up uh, Wednesday in two weeks' time as well. I'm going to try and space out the sponsored content to be every two weeks so I don't bombard people with adverts, which was one of the reasons that I stopped doing them in the first place. And what else has come through to the P.O. box? Um, some homebrew games, actually. Three homebrew games. And I'm saving these for a homebrew uh, compilation episode, which should be up in a few weeks' time. So there was two from a company called Orionsoft. They were Alice Sisters for the Game Boy Advance, which looks like a really nice, colourful platformer. And also Escape 2042, which is a game that I've covered in the past, but now I actually have a proper physical version of that. And that is a really cool uh, Game Boy game. And another game came over from someone called Infinity, called The Empire of Dreams, which is a point-and-click adventure. But even more interestingly, as well as that, he also sent over two little picture books, which are actually art books made of photos that he's taken with the Game Boy camera, which is really cool. So I can't wait to show that one off in a future video. I think that's such a neat idea. And it was really kind of him to include both of those in with the game. I didn't really expect anything, so that was really nice to get all that sort of stuff. And if anyone does want to send me any homebrew things to show off in future videos, send me an email to retrobreakgames at gmail.com and I can send you my P.O. Box details. And I'm so glad that I set it up. It's already paid for itself in just a few weeks. So that is super, super exciting. And one last thing that I want to talk about in the project side of thing, things is the Game Boy Homebrew Jam has actually concluded and I was one of the judges for the jam and there was 15 incredible entries and we've managed now to narrow it down to the top three so once the results are announced I'm actually going to be putting my judging up on my gameplay channel so look out for that and then on my main channel in a few weeks time I'm going to do more of a cut down video where I talk about some of the best games from the competition so you can find out what they were like. And there is some really cool games and I can't wait to see some publishers get hold of these and actually turn them into proper physical releases. And the final section of the podcast is some content that I watched in the past few weeks that I would like to recommend to you guys right now. So the first thing, I've actually finally managed to watch all of Stop Skeletons from Fighting's videos about the Zebo console, which was like a weird third-party Wii knockoff that came out in Brazil, but it was actually a really interesting console, and it had a bunch of unique games and sort of mobile ports and all sorts of weird and wacky stuff, and that video was like two hours long, but I finally watched all of it. And I definitely recommend you do as well if you want to see some, like, parallel universe game concepts and stuff. It is very, very strange. Um, I've also been watching some more game dev videos. There was a great interview that Thomas Brush did with some developers recently, so I've been really enjoying them. Um, well, I've been having a bath, actually. I've been watching some of those developer interviews. They're always really interesting. And it's really cool to hear people who really care highly about their craft and hear some of the behind the scenes and the struggles of being a game developer. Like, if you think being a YouTuber is difficult, being a game developer is ten times harder, especially in the current climate as well. So props to anyone who's into game development. 
And finally, I've been catching up on some of the Game Chasers content as well. And this was actually a two-parter. So they went around one of their flea markets and they uh, they bought an Apple II computer that was in really bad shape. But then there was actually a follow-up video where they went to visit 8BitGuy and he actually restored it from scratch. And now it works perfectly fine. It looks like good as new. So that is really cool. I really enjoyed seeing the before and after with that one as well. So that was some of the content that I've enjoyed recently. Check the comments in the description if you'd like to go and watch any of that. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Retro Break podcast. Stay tuned because every two weeks going forward from now until the end of time, there'll be a brand new podcast episode for you to listen to every Monday morning, every fortnight. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out all the other content that I've been working on, check out retrobreak.co.uk and I'll see you all again in two weeks time for the next episode. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.